Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. And as always, I have the lovely co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back to the show. Hey. And we are stoked. And I feel like I always repeat myself when I say this, but honestly, I don't think it devalues every time I say it, because every time we have a show like this, it means that we have another incredible woman that we're going to be interviewing today. So let me tell you a little bit about Chef Kathy Hardy. Kathy Hardy was born and raised in Manila, Philippines. When she's not cooking, she enjoys spending time with her husband and their adorable baby girl. She also enjoys being outdoors, such as urban hiking, snowboarding, cooking, and reading. During her downtime, she spends her time traveling in the Philippines, where she donates portions of her sales from the catering and food truck to feed the Benin Elementary School in Camigan Island, Philippines. A Taste of the Philippines was the first Filipino mobile restaurant in Colorado owned and operated by Kathy. Her vision for the food cart was to introduce the Filipino culture through Filipino cuisine. Since opening, the food cart had caught eye of 5280 Magazine, Zagat Denver, and the Asian Avenue Magazine, in which she was named Best of Filipino Food in 2015. A Taste of Philippines moved their headquarters to Chicago, Illinois, spring of 2018, where they serve at various farmers markets throughout Chicago and are also available for catering. Chef Kathy, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's our absolute pleasure. Uh, why don't we start with you sharing? How did you hear about the project? And more importantly, what inspired you to jump on and share your story? Sure. Um, actually, I think Nani had reached out to me because uh, my friend Rhea, you guys had interviewed. She's been like a Instagram friend since last year sometime. So we just kind of clicked. And then I think you guys had just previously interviewed her. And I think my name got passed around there. And of course, I jumped at the opportunity because as a Filipino American woman, of course, I had to just share my my story and hopefully, you know, inspire other Filipino women or just women in general to be out there. So here I am. Thanks for having yeah. me. Again. Yeah, well, we we are so happy to have you. I want to give a shout out to Rhea Predikin. For everyone who wants to know who Rhea Predikin was or is, not was, she's she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's number okay. six, Jen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Number six, Nani would remember because that was the first show that she was on with us. Yes, oh, gotcha. it was a special, special episode. <laughs> yes, nice. it was super, super special. Yeah, that was like so many episodes. That was like 10 plus episodes ago. Now. Oh, wow. It's- I know. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like how we really we started this podcast show in June. And we already have I think we're nearing 20 plus episodes. And I still have like another five to edit. So <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I want to give a shout out to Rhea Predikin. That's episode six. What's the skin that I'm in? And uh, to this date, she still has one of the highest plays for her episode. So shout out to you, Rhea, and sharing your story and connecting with us through Instagram and everything. She seems like a, a great person to to know and 
in person. <laughs> oh, for sure. She's just like beautiful. Like, like if you see her, I'm just like, wow, she's amazing. And also she's, she's we're actually working together next month on October 20th. We're going to be at Bubbles Academy. We're working together for the Filipino, you know, history month. So we're doing like oh. a cultural. Yeah. So I'm like catering their event and then there's going to be like a little mini Filipino museum. There's like arts and crafts for the kiddos. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I'll link it out later and tag you guys. In there yes. So, yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I want to give a shout out to our listeners who tag us on Instagram. So I, I never actually promoted this, but Every time you tag us about anything you're working on, whether it's art, an upcoming event, or getting a getting a book uh, published, uh, please tag us because I like to share it, or we we like to share it. Nani Nani is actually I'm actually about to talk to her later about helping me manage the Instagram account because we've been <laughs> yeah. we've been getting a lot of notifications lately from all of you. And so if there's anything you want us to support, that's all about moving forward the Filipino American community and especially Filipino American women. Like please tag us on Instagram. Our IG handle is, um, what is it? The Filipino American woman with an A, <laughs> yes. not with a with an A at the end, not an E. So it's singular, not plural. And if you tag us, we're more than happy to share that little uh, uh, hint there for anyone that is looking to promote something and wants some exposure. I do that. We do that at no cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Great> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there you go. So that's a little hint that I've I've actually never publicly shared, but people kept tagging us. I was like, I'm just going to share it anyway. So, and now I'm officially announcing it to people who have upcoming events that want the exposure for that. Well, anyway, I digress. <laughs> so this project, just so you know, it's focused on Filipino American women. And if anyone is curious to know how we identify Filipino American women, we focus on individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent, whether it's a quarter, a half, or full, and identify as female. And so, Kathy, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman. Oh, for sure. So I'm full on 100% Filipino. I'm born and raised in Manila. Both my parents are Filipino. My dad is from the Visayan region and my mom is from Manila. So she's the mestiza of the one, but Mm. I got my color from my dad's side. I'm darker. So there's four (laughs) of us girls and my myself and my youngest sister are like the darker one but i'm the darkest one of all the all of them but mm-hmm. so in 1992 uh we my dad moved the whole family to america uh springfield illinois side note which i'm like dad really You're, you can move anywhere in the u.s but springfield <laughs> illinois well anyway going back so yeah i identify as that so in I think 2005, I became an American citizen. But as of I want to say five years ago, I am a dual citizen. So I, wow. I am both Filipino. So I'm a citizen there. I can vote in in the Philippines and also here in America too. So wow. Yeah. I am of American citizenship and I always have been, but I've always been very curious about doing dual citizenship. How does that look like? Like, what does the process look like to do that? Well, I got very lucky. I was very connected in Denver. So when I decided to become a dual citizenship, to do my citizenship, I mean, the phone number that was online, I forget what the uh, the website was, but 
I just happened to dial the number and it's someone I knew, Miss Donna Levine, and she was like the head wow. person there. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I see Donna, is that you? She's like, what are you doing, Kathy? I'm like, I got this phone number online to see how I can become a dual citizen. So it just so happened that the San Francisco Filipino consulate was going to be in Denver, I think within less than two weeks after I had contacted her. So I'm like, I have a very busy wow. schedule. I'm not, you know, I'm not asking for special treatment, but is there any way I can get in there, you know, without an appointment? And she's like, she put my name right on top. So I was able to Whoa. get sworn in and out within less wow. than an hour, which <gasps> was amazing. So yeah, so I got very, wow. very lucky. But I think right now in Denver, like, I don't think you can do that anymore because, like, the Filipino consulate in San Francisco is not doing that anymore. So wow. I would suggest, you know, calling our local. And in Chicago, we have a embassy here on, like, right on Michigan Avenue. So mm-hmm. you can certainly do that there in San Francisco. And I forget where the other part was aside from those two, but those are like the main two where mm-hmm. you can apply for dual citizenship. So you, you definitely weren't kidding about getting the hookup, you know, knowing someone yeah. in the system. <laughs> I know. I was like, why is actually Donna? I, I actually hung up a couple of times thinking I misdialed and I'm like, okay, I just <laughs> let it ring. And she's like, Kati, Ikawian? Like, who yeah. are you? I'm like, oh, it's me. So Oh, and then so I'm actually awesome. on the application. I don't remember all of it, but I think you have to have some kind of ties in the Philippines. Either mm-hmm. I think your parents or like if you had to be born there or something like that. But I, I like I think you can marry someone there or something, but you have to have some kind of like rooted ties out there in the Philippines in order yeah. to be a dual citizenship. So, yeah, that that makes sense. Okay, well, uh, Chef Kathy, for people who don't know you, I mean, you have you have a big following on Instagram, so I feel like a lot of people know you. But for people that are getting to know you for the first time, we'd love for you to share a snapshot of your life, uh, particularly what keeps you busy and mo- most excited about life nowadays. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, nothing's really changed in the past. So I've been kind of background... I've been in this industry for almost eight years now. I was formerly uh, an accountant, but now mm-hmm. pretty much my life consists of wrapping lumpias. For those of you that don't know <laughs> what lumpias are, they're hand-rolled egg rolls. So they're our version of, you know, they're Filipino egg rolls. Mm-hmm. So pretty much that's how I spend my days, wrapping lumpias, delivering them. So while I was pregnant last, like earlier this year, late last year, I would do deliveries every Friday because I couldn't really work, work anymore. So I could just drive. So I was kind of like, quote unquote, drug dealing Lumpia. <laughs> and then now that I have, now that I have a six month old baby, you know, like my life literally consists of working around her and the naming schedule, wrapping Lumpias, answering emails about work and just like stuff like that. And then also balancing all of that with a marriage as well and having a life because you you have to these days or else you just go insane and get burnt out and stuff and I think that's how I've been able to like love like actually say I love what I do for a living because Mm -hmm. I have that perfect life and work balance even though I would say it's like 75% work but I, I love this you know I wouldn't have it any other way. 
Yeah. And I think balance looks different for everyone. Sometimes people feel like they need to work more so that it like justifies when they relax or some people prefer to like have a more laid back life and then just work enough to sustain that laid back life. So I think that's really awesome. I'm curious to know, why did you decide to take that leap from being an accountant to running a food truck because and and catering? Because to me, accounting sounds like a very stable job. And then (laughs) and then doing a food truck is, is, I'm sure, a whole different experience (laughs) of employment. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, like my dad has always been the businessman of the family. So I guess it kind of dates back to like when I was in sixth, seventh grade, where I knew I was kind of destined to be like, okay, I want to work in office buildings and stuff like that. So went to school for business management. And I'm like, honestly, a semester away from getting my bachelor's in accounting, but it was either that or doing the food truck and, you know, starting the business and everything. But I think the transition really clicked on me, like in Denver, like it was like right before the food truck scene actually blew up. It was like Mm -hmm. 2011. I was like, man, what else can I do? You know, like I I love my job at St. Jelly was like, it's a oil field service company. So I was working as one of the accountants there. And then the oil field service or the oil and gas business in general, is just kind of up and down layoffs. You get hired back and everything. And then on top of that, or not to like bash any, anyone or anything, but my supervisor just kind of made my life difficult. I don't know mm. what it was, but it was, I, I believe it was like personal, but anyway, the way I was let go, I think was just like a big sign for me to mm. start doing my own thing. So in, in theory, I think that was kind of a blessing. And that sounds so cliche, but for me, it actually, I felt it because the day I was kind of let go from my job, from being eight to nine months prior, I would come home just stressed out and this love, this job I loved. And she just made it really difficult for me. So like the day I was let go, I literally, I'm not kidding. I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulder. And after that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I went on a few more job interviews and then I got hired. And a few days later, after thinking about it over the weekend, and I'm just like, I said, thank you so much for the opportunity, but no thanks. And then I, that's when the idea of a taste of the Philippines was born. So I just happened to have like, at the time I had a different significant other who was very supportive of my venture. Mm -hmm. And he just said, Hey, go for it. We can do this. And then, yeah. So I, I just feel like everything kind of went fell on my lap as in like the financial part of it and the timing, like I said, it was right before the the food truck scene blew up really, Mm -hmm. you know, so I opened the food truck, quote unquote, food truck windows, doors in April of 2012. And then by July, it was kind of like, Hey, this is this whole food truck thing is going to blow up and everyone just opened up. So I was kind of, like part of the OG crew in, in Denver, you know what I mean? There was like a yeah. couple of food trucks, maybe a or like a handful of food trucks that had opened maybe two years prior to me. And then I was like the second tier OG of the food trucks out there. And then just kind of, it's just a cool scene to be part of. So I'm very thankful for the opportunities for everything. So 
Yeah, it sounds like it. I remember when I was in San Diego, my I had friends that were like big foodies and they would actively follow this food truck's Twitter account just to see yeah. where they were serving <laughs> next. And then when they when they yeah. found out when they would announce like they would just go out of their way and drive to wherever they were at and then and then buy their food. And it was kind of like this like Easter egg hunt, I think that oh, made sure. it fun for them and and everything. So yeah. Definitely. And then especially kind of tying in the whole Filipino part of this, I really thought I was one of the only few Filipinos in Denver. So within that first month, I met so many Filipinos <laughs> in Denver. Like that came out of the woodwork. Like, hey, awesome. you know, like my, like shout out to my friend Jeanette. She goes by Mary, but she was one of the writers at Asian Avenue Magazine. So she had stopped by there and we instantly became friends. I started going to her Toastmasters gigs and everything and just kind of kept in touch. And she was kind of like my, she kind of pretty much took my hand and said, hey, this is the Asian community. Because I, like I said, I thought I was the only Filipino person in Denver. Yeah. Know? And then a month or two later, another Filipino fusion truck opened. So I feel like I kind of paved the way to the whole Filipino fusion. I, even though I do like authentic Filipino food, but all these other Filipino people like started kind of like, hey, we can do this. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I don't look at it as like, yes, they're competition and everything. But at the same time, what's one or two or three to Denver metro area that's going to be mm -hmm. serving all that people so even here in yep. chicago it's the same thing so i think it's very cool to be part of this community all right jenny was here jumping into the middle of our show as i always do to remind you why this show is possible so you know at the end of every episode i tend to say if you didn't catch our guest contact info don't worry we'll have those in the show notes check them out i work so hard on them you're welcome well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial. That's right, free with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the Philam, short for Filipino American Woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. Yeah, and I think in general, when it comes to competition, I think it's very small minded sometimes when you think of being competitive, because it kind of comes, I think competition sometimes comes from a scarcity mindset. But when you realize mm -hmm. like, there are plenty of people who are hungry, often, exactly. like, <laughs> you're gonna be just fine. <laughs> and your truck yeah. can't be everywhere. So I think it's so awesome that you like paved the way and 
inspired other people and show them that they too could do it because in any way we need more exposure for the Filipino culture and the Filipino cuisine anyway. Exactly. And you know, everyone's been saying, I've read so many times, Oh, in 2014, it's going to be Filipinos, the next new thing. And it's like five years later, it's still on the cusp. I think we're right there. Like almost. (laughs) Yeah. Like even with Tom, I can't pronounce his last name, Tom, my, Canaan or something. He just won the James Beard Award a few oh. months ago here in oh, wow. Chicago. And he he's the chef. And I want to say, don't quote me on it. He's the chef. And also, I think the owner of Bad Saints. And I think it's in Washington, D.C. somewhere. But like I mm-hmm. said, don't quote me on that. But like, that's a bigger platform. And you got Nicole from the owner of Jeepney in, in New York, like Maharlika, she owns both of them. So wow. it's like, I feel like we're here. We're here. We just need to get to that next level of like, you know, like the Chinese food, Thai food, Japanese food. You know what I mean? We're still on the cusp, but I think we're right there. And, and I'm happy to be part of that too and be like, hey, I've been doing this since 20, 2012. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> it's very cool. Very cool. I mean, I heard somewhere and someone feel free to like DM me later with stats on this, but we're like the number one most, uh, what do you call it? We have the highest population of being Filipino American compared to all the other Asian American groups here in America. And, And I think the reason why we don't get a lot of recognition is because we're just very humble people. You focus on like getting to work and serving and to talk about ourselves is like a whole like, oh, you want me to talk about myself and like what I do? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just here to provide for my family. So I think like, and and that's part of what this podcast is trying to do is just to raise more of our voices and let, let people know, like you have a story, like obviously you're probably proud of what you're doing, but also we want you to share it because we need, we need more of those stories to normalize like these types of conversations and let people know like, Hey, we're out there. And like, we, we uh, cover a diverse, uh, diverse uh, amount of careers and you could do it too. <laughs> you don't have to do like yeah. maybe just a stable job. Although that, that is still very commendable. I, I could never hold a stable job. I commend anyone who could do it, <laughs> but just to know like what your options are. And uh, yeah, I just think it's super cool how, first of all, you got into the food industry and then you got into the food truck industry, like early on, I can only imagine what it was like to even consider a food truck as opposed to a restaurant. Like, did you, was that like a calculated decision to do that? Oh, for, for sure, hands down, because your overhead is much lower, startup costs much, much, much lower, and it's just a smaller risk. I mm-hmm. I like to think I'm adventurous and like to take risks, but at the same time, I want to be smart with my money, especially yeah. with my money, because I work hard for it. So, like, my seed money on this is very, very small, mm-hmm. and I got the return back less than a year, or no, in my first year, So, which was awesome. Like, my profit margin at the time or even now too it's like very it's very high i think when you have goals to be like hey my end game is to let's say open up a restaurant which is in my radar right now mm-hmm. but like you kind of want a baby step just kind of like moving from denver to chicago for me mm-hmm. it was very like okay it's calculated move there's definitely a need and like people want want something like this in Chicago. So I'm like, okay, how do I start this? But transferring from my food truck from Denver to Chicago was a little bit challenging. So I'm like, okay, what can I do to 
transition my business. So I started looking at farmer's markets and I'm like, wow, this mm. like a need for this. So that's where like I, I start off. So it's like, yes, it's a bold move, big move, big change. But the transition for me was, was very smooth because I already had the base and I think it helped to like my appearances in food network and everything kind of like gave me that, Hey, yeah, Chicago is such a big city, like food city that that kind of gave me street credit that people can take notice cool. here in Chicago and be like, okay, she's just like nobody, and hey, she's been on food with maybe we'll give her a try or something. It just so happened it clicked last year. People love the lupias. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we made some mistakes here and there, but going from a food truck to a farmers market vendor, and yeah. you know, you make some mistakes and stuff, but you know what? You bounce back. And you take notes and you try to make it better each time. So I think it's my second year in Chicago. I tighten up the loose screws a little bit. And I, I notice it in sales. And every single week I see the same people, which is amazing. So it's like that big risk that I took last year. Well, to me, it's, it paid off and it's well worth it to me. You know, I, I miss my people in Denver and everything. I keep touch with some, a lot of them. But mm-hmm. I think Chicago for me has just been like, you guys have embraced it so much here. And, you know, I, I'm happy like to be here and everything. So, yeah, no, that's super awesome. Just wanted to say that I think what you're doing is really cool, really great. I was, before we got on this call, I was on your Instagram earlier, just kind of like drooling. Looking <laughs> <laughs> at all the pictures because the food looks so good. <laughs> so I can see, Thank even though you. I haven't I tasted, that. I can see what all the hype is about, at least. And um, yeah, I think that there's really no way, no better way to build community with Filipinos other than around food. So I exactly. think that you really kind of like hit, found your niche here and hit the lottery in that sense because you always have mouths to feed <laughs> exactly if you're, Thank um, you. <laughs> if you're associated with this community yeah absolutely exactly so, yeah yeah and then it, what's cool is like it's not just Filipino coming by it's all oh, types yeah. of people which is a me to me it's like it's very cool to see and you know yeah, like I said seeing the same people to a little part of all culture our culture exactly yeah. and they honestly it's very cool here because like the the transition, like I said, was very smooth, but at the time, like I wasn't really into Instagram and everything, but being in Chicago, seriously, when I moved, I only had maybe less than 1500 followers. Mm-hmm. And then you guys like to tag, you guys like here in <laughs> Chicago, people like to tag, post videos and, and, and their posts and everything. So my my followers kind of went up by that mm-hmm. by almost what three thousand followers in the last year just from people like sharing the stuff which has been wow. amazing yeah you so again thank you working exactly so and being I think in the loop you're like right in the middle of the city people are, like smell because we fry the lumpias on the spot like mm. I roll them I freeze them so when people come by. They smell That's the promotion. You know, yeah, they're like, oh wait, where's that coming from? Yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, where, where's that? So, yeah, so you need to bring cool. your your cart to the Bay Area because we have the yeah. food truck thing is really really big here, but there's only like one or two Filipino trucks, and they're really good. But it would yeah. be nice to have some some variety. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
I feel like I have to make a confession. Like whenever I would hear, whenever, like when I used to live in San Diego in national city, uh, that area was very known for like Filipino restaurants and stuff. And I would never go to them, not because I didn't like them or anything. It was like, to me, it just, and, and my friend, you know, my, my non-Filipino friends, for example, they would want to go and, and even like in the Filipino community would go, but to me, it, it didn't make sense for me to go to the restaurants because I could just go home to my mom and yeah. she'd cook it for me. <laughs> like hers better, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Your so, better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, why, why would I have to pay for something that my mom can just cook for me? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. yeah, honestly, that's how I feel most of the time. But I actually ventured out a little over a month ago. I know I make my own lumpias. I like my lumpias and stuff, but I went and ate at a Filipino restaurant. I think that's the first time I ate at a Filipino restaurant. Ever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So obviously it's natural, you know, you, you're going to do it. You're yeah. going to compare yours or your mom's or theirs and your aunt's and grandma Lola's and stuff like that. <laughs> and then I took notes and be like, okay, this is what I liked about this. This is how, what I like about mine. You compare to me, I compare, yeah. but I never been like, oh, they're sock or something. It's just yeah. like, Hey, <laughs> it just so happened. I like this sauce better than that sauce or my taste yeah. better than, you know what I mean? But we, and honestly, if you're from the Philippines, and whoever cooks for you, like either your Lola, your Nana, Grandpa, whoever, Tito, Tita, whatever, everyone's going to have their different version. Kind of mm -hmm. like my mom's version of adobo is different from yeah. my Lola's and my Tita. So even now, I cook it the way my mom makes it. And people, is it, it's not the mainstream way of cooking adobo. Mine's saucier. looks like when you first glance at it, it looks like gravy sauce. Mm -hmm. But it has the exact same ingredients of a quote-unquote traditional adobo, but the taste is there, but it just doesn't look the same. You know what I mean? So it's like mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. I feel like I need to like explain myself and be like, hey, this is how my mom made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like going on, going back to the subject, it's like you people have their own ways of doing things, so... Yeah. And, uh, here in, you know, just like how you felt over there with wondering like people in Denver, you know, if there were Filipinos in Denver, like right now, I, I kind of feel that way about Virginia beach. I've been told that there's Filipinos around here, but I haven't run into any yet. So I was yeah. thinking, I was thinking like, you know, now that we're having this conversation, I was thinking like, maybe I should like see if there's any Filipino restaurants out here. Yeah. yeah. So if, if, if any of our listeners happen to be in the neighborhood, like live in my neighborhood, let me know. <laughs> And maybe we yeah. can like meet up at a local restaurant that's a that's a Filipino restaurant and support them and and what have you. Yeah. But yeah, I I mean that makes sense. I feel like the best way to like figure out if there's Filipinos in the area is offer Filipino food. <laughs> exactly. Hey, why don't you open up your own truck? I'm just kidding. Oh it's man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You never oh know. man. Oh I'm man. Just joking. <laughs> Jen's oh, over there man. eating like broccoli and eggs. <laughs> see, yeah. Well, yeah, well see that that's the other thing, Kathy, is like I mean, right now, right now I'm kind of like on a I, I say kind of because I'm a little lax about it, but I'm like a, on a strict like high protein, high fats and veggies like diet and low carb diet. And I'm just curious if you have any advice for someone who I I'm Americanized. My mom, my mom is an immigrant from the Philippines. So if I were to make a Filipino cuisine, how could I make it very, like, how do I make it low carb? Do you have any advice on that? You 
you can't, but I actually believe it. I'm a very bad. I love I'm that answer. <laughs> I'm a very bad Asian because I don't eat that much rice. But, yeah, me um, too. Yeah. Yeah, you can substitute the rice. You can make cauliflower yeah, rice instead that's of. That's true. Um, yeah, cauliflower rice. Or, and coconut you know, aminos you, instead of. Oh, yeah, that. for sure. That's yeah. a great idea. But um, yeah, you can you make really, it healthy. You can make it work. Yeah. Or like if you if you want do brown rice. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll get in my kick of like, oh, I want to eat rice, but I don't want to white rice. So I just kind of mix brown rice with quinoa and add chia seeds in it and flax seeds and add like a a little bit of like a fiber boost in it. So I don't mm-hmm. feel that bad. And then if I cook, I hardly cook Filipino food for myself and my husband, except for lumpias and the empanadas. But mm-hmm. when I do, I substitute the kikoman to like a sodium, low sodium one. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of mindful of what I eat. So I yeah. try to eat, eat as healthy as possible. Of course, like I love ice cream and stuff like that, <laughs> pizzas and stuff like that. But yeah. like, but you got to splurge once in a while, but, you know, if you're going to cook Filipino food, you can, there's definitely ways to substitute them. But ultimately, you know, we like our, we like our pork, we like our chicken, we like our beef. And yeah. you know, there's no such thing as like vegetarian stuff. So like, yeah, like kind of, kind of like a side note, you know, like I feel like Denver, Colorado in general is known for their outdoorsy and and the other thing is like the quote unquote granola lifestyle. <laughs> so it's kind of like they're more self-conscious of what, what they eat and everything. So that was a little bit of a challenge. So I mm. kind of like studied up on that, made some stuff gluten-free, vegetarian, substituting pork, like let's say ground pork on lumpias with tofu or something like that, mm. making it a little bit healthier, but not, not stay away from the flavors of Filipino cuisine. So. Yeah, I feel like if I ever do a food truck, I want to call it like LC Filipino food and LC is short for low carb Filipino low carb. food <laughs> and see what comes of it. Like, see, you know how they have like the Asian fusions and stuff. I was like, no, I'm going to do like a low carb <laughs> Filipino yeah, food. Yeah, and market it that way. Why not? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I'd be curious to see the response. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I wouldn't be surprised if I like offended people for that. You're like, what are you doing? You're butchering our Filipino cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, oh, part of I me would want to try it. Oh, for sure. Like I definitely got some raised eyebrows from Filipino, like the older generation Filipinos sometimes. Mm, like, mm, yeah. Who are like, what know, are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? It was like, I swear, I swear it's good. It's just, you know, low <laughs> sodium, low this, like, whatever. Try but it. It's good. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just take a bite. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to extend your life and not, and prevent diabetes here. Exactly. Low sodium (laughs) doing you a favor. Yeah. It's, it's just so funny. Like how a lot of Filipino cuisine is like, yeah, like high in sodium fried, just a lot of things, a lot of unhealthy things in my, my opinion, at least. So I, yeah. So I just, I usually just try to I don't know. I just, yeah, for one, I don't live near my mom anymore, so I don't really have like Filipino cuisine. And even if I wanted to, I, I haven't actively like looked out for it yet, but this episode is inspiring me too. So thank you ladies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool. Uh, We are, we are now at my, uh, one of my most favorite parts of 
the interview, which is really talking about uh, life lessons and stories that led to those life lessons. Uh, for people, for anyone that's listening for the first time, the reason why we do this is because we want to collect an, about 365 life lessons and stories told by Filipino American women so that one day we can publish a book that we can uh, share to our community, hopefully tour at colleges where it's dense with Filipino student organizations and really just, you know, normalize our stories as Filipino American women. So with that said, uh, Kathy, you had mentioned the life lesson you want to share today is to try anything that scares you. Can you elaborate on that and then share a story that led you to that life lesson? Oh, for sure. I mean, I guess I don't really have like a story per se, but I just feel like in anything in life, mm -hmm. for me, the biggest one would probably like the transition part of being an accountant and like no doing the unknown. Like a Richard Bronson actually sums it up real quick. It's like pretty much saying like, just do go for it and then figure it out. Say yes. And then mm. just figure it out. And I feel like I live by that. And it's a scary feeling like, like moving to a new city or like starting a new job, regardless if, you know, if you're starting a new job or starting in your own venture or anything, because I think the biggest, the saddest thing is like knowing you could have done something, but not do it because you're scared of it. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? So it's like, it, it goes with life, your relationships your your career you're just risking a little bit not a lot but a little bit that's scary and then I think anyone who's scared to do something and they do it would feel like th that accomplishment of going hey I didn't think I was going to be able to do it but here I am I did it you know mm -hmm. what I mean like that feeling of like accomplishment and you achieve something you're like yes I did it it's just to me it's very satisfying so and I think that's why, again, I thank you ladies for having me because I feel like I have this platform on Instagram or when an episode on Farm Food Network or something comes on and I get that email. It's like, hey, you just inspired me to do something like this. Thank you so much. To me, that's very rewarding. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though it's scary, you do it and you're like, yeah, I did the right, made the right decision. I, I, I can't say that I'm like, like scared to do these shows anymore. I mean, back then we used to do Facebook Live. So it was a little, a little scarier because <laughs> we're all like, yeah. on <laughs> but, but even if I was scared, I always think about what, what the results were in the past. Like every time I took a chance, like what came, like what was the result? And it was usually something positive and fulfilling and satisfying, gratifying, like everything. And part of why, like, I love doing the show and, and, uh, is is that there's a, a lot of people that we interview that have decided to be courageous enough to share their story. And then we have the listeners who reach out to us and direct message us or email us and just share how much the show has impacted them. And to me, I feel like that kind of applies to life. Like if I if I've been in a position where I was able to inspire someone either to do something or to just like be inspired and, and be enlightened. It's a good reminder of like, like I should do stuff. I should put myself out there because even if I'm not doing it for myself, like I know it could benefit someone else. And so I like that. And if you don't do anything that scares you, then 
what are you doing? <laughs> like, exactly. like what down, are you doing? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not like yeah. we're even asking, we're not even asking you to take like a hundred percent leap into something. You're asking you to like exactly. quit your job next day and then figure out what to do with your life from there and, and try to figure out where your next paycheck's coming from. Even just as taking a little step out of your comfort zone can go a long way. Exactly. You know, like a kind of, oh, going to be sure story, I guess. Yeah. Good, good, good. But yeah, like I want to say a few years ago, back in Denver, one of my very good guy friends out there was just like, hey, he's a very, like, I thought I was outdoorsy. Like, I snowboarded, I hiked, you know, hiked 14ers and stuff like that. But he's like the ultimate mountain dude. And he goes, hey, you want to try ice climbing? And I was like, um, heck no. I don't know if I can say hell, but I'm like, um, no, I don't want to. That's scary. She's like, no, 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 I swear, you'll be, you'll be, in a harness, you'll be able to do this. We'll have a guide and everything. Let's do it. So I was just like, F it, let's do it, whatever. So we drove six hours, did this like whole ice climbing thingy. And oh my God, just looking up that, just climbing, like what we did is we pulled over on the side of the road and I go, where's the trail at? And he goes, oh no, you you pretty much like belayed down the highway. And it was probably like a hundred feet down. And, and <clears> I'm not kidding. You look down and it's like flat. I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, oh yeah, there's ropes over there. So I'm like shaking coming down. <laughs> and then I go, oh, this is it. This is cool. So there was like, there's frozen stuff. There's mountains all around me. There's like a frozen river that looked like muddy, a muddy oh, mess. Hell no. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do do do. And I'll send you photos of it. It was so scary. Oh, man. But it was so cool too, you know? And then we get up to this frozen waterfall and I go, we're supposed to climb this thing. It goes, yeah, here the the our guide like ended up coming up, and then he threw the rope down. He's like, start climbing, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. And then like the first, I want to say the the first 15 feet, I was, you know, it wasn't totally steep, but it was kind of steep. There was like a small incline on it, but I would slide down, and then my friend was like, you have to use your leg because you know your first initial um, thought process would be like I'm going to use my arms to climb Mm. because you know you're going straight up but you have to use your legs and bend it over and you have to tilt it down in order for you to climb up so I was reaching like foot and a half two feet up and my my arms were getting tired so once he told me like a little bit of um you know like advice on how to do it I was actually climbing, so you honestly take baby steps with, you know, because you wear clampons, so you wear boots, mm-hmm. and then you have the, the clamp part of it that's kind of like big wires on it and stuff, so you kind of dig with your left, and then you hike up maybe like six inches, use your arm, and then you do the same thing, but with your left until you actually get up. So that was like, the, that was probably one of the scariest thing I've ever done, Physically, I mean, but it was also mental because I'm like, oh my God, this is like straight down. So the following year, I ended up doing it on my, I think it was like my 27th birthday or something like that. Wow. So, so I ended up doing it again and it was a lot steeper. And this one wasn't like, there was like holes and stuff, but it wasn't guided or anything. And I was doing it by myself. So, which was, scary at the same time so awesome you know what I mean so rewarding so and I was so glad I did it It was scary but I'm glad I did it and the views were amazing and it made for Mm. awesome pictures too so (laughs) that was before like Instagram was big so 
that's how you know I'm I'm pretty old or I'm older. <laughs> I'm in the older part of our generation, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I have a I have a friend who like traveled the world really before Instagram became a thing. And then now she kind of like makes fun fun of millennials. She's like, it's like you guys don't know anything about travel. Like it, you know, had it had Instagram been popular back then, I would have had a lot more followers. <laughs> so oh, yeah. right. all the pictures I'd be posting and everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, awesome. I think that's like a very awesome visual story to explain yeah. <laughs> like how you can, how to try anything that scares you. Just wanted to say, Kathy, that it seems like just based on what you've shared with us today, that you really embody the life lesson that you're giving us um, to do things that scare you. And I just admire that it doesn't seem like you're, like you get to in your own head about making big decisions in the example you just gave in starting your food truck, it seems like you remain pretty optimistic all the time. And I, and I want to commend you for that because that has clearly been really rewarding for you in maybe some unpredictable ways, but it's really paid off for you to just trust your gut and, and to go with it. And that's, it's very inspiring. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Well, thanks so much. It's honestly just, I got teary eye. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah, been a lot of, of hard work. You have no idea all this the the back oh, stuff sure. that I do. It's like yeah. like the personal tor- turmoil that goes in your head. Like, oh my God, can I really do this or whatnot? And it, it's very empowering and it's just been awesome. So thank you so much for seeing that. I really really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of Nani and hope that I make you cry. <laughs> but oh, uh, oh, stop. <laughs> it's not a good show unless someone cries. No, I'm just kidding. I know, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just like what Nani said, I admire your spirit and your enthusiasm and just your overall attitude on all of this. It's not easy to I mean, first of all, you got fired. That's a tough, (laughs) traumatic thing to go through. I was fired four times in my young 20s. Every time I got fired, it was hard and it just felt like it got harder. And then you turn that around to an opportunity and you really had to decide like, okay, I'm going to do a restaurant, I'm going to do a food truck. And then you moved and you did. I, I do believe that the reason why you're so cheery and optimistic is because of everything that you went through. And I feel like you're a very empathetic person that appreciates like hard work and appreciates when people do enjoy, you know, the food, the lumpia that you make and everything. So I just want to commend you as well for all the hard work you've done. And you're just a wonderful example for anyone who has uh, migrated here and made something of herself, even despite uh, losing a job and everything. So, so good work, Kathy. <laughs> Aww, thanks so much. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I'm yes. me again. <laughs> yes. That, Thank that was you. My goal. Yeah. And Thank if you. I, if ever you need to pick me up, just listen to this episode again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate the kind words. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're, I'm, we're grateful that you are receiving it. I know that some people are very quick to dismiss compliments and I really feel like you're accepting it. So I'm just, I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you for receiving our compliments. <laughs> no, thank you. It just, I, I hope we can, the three of us can inspire other people to do other stuff. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. if they're scared of something, just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I feel like we had such an incredible conversation with you today, Kathy. Before we wrap up, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Just let's just reiterate it. Like yeah. if you're scared to do something, hey, give me a shout on DM on Instagram and like if I can help out in anything, just just do it. If it scares you, just do it. Just say yeah. it. If you don't you don't know how to do it that's we're we're in 2019 now you can google anything you can youtube anything you can you know pretty much fake it till you make it tight don't be scared because life's too short i mean like i said it sounds so cliche but just go for it yeah but i think people need to hear it even even if it is cliche because sometimes it's it's very easy for people to dismiss like really corny stuff or cliches but sometimes sometimes you need to hear it at the right time And um, hopefully for anyone that's listening to this, who is facing maybe like a situation that's scary for them, that this show has inspired you to take a chance, even if it's like a baby step. Exactly. Like I said, you're going to regret it. Like one of my biggest regrets in life, I don't know if I could talk about this stuff, but I I was at the NRA show last year in Chicago Mm -hmm. and it's the National Restaurant Association, not like the gun NRA, but um, okay. So I was like watching Chef Morimoto. I don't know if you guys know him. He's like an iron chef on Food Network and, or I think it's on Food Network. But anyway, iron chef, Chef Morimoto. And I was telling my husband, I was like, man, I have a question for him. But it was after the fact that they were doing like the question answer part of the show. So he was on stage and there was someone with a mic going around like, hey, does anyone have any questions or something? And I really, really wanted to ask him something, but I was so scared to do it. Mm-hmm. Now it haunts me because I'm like, ah, oh, that could have been my big moment talking to Chef Morimoto and I didn't ask my question. I regret it so much. So mm-hmm. Don't be like me if you're whatever. There's like, I think there was like, I don't know, 150 people there like watching him. And all these people were like asking, I really think my question was like awesome. And I just didn't do it for some reason. And now I regret it. So, and I still talk about it. I'm like, dang it, I should have asked him. So, oh man, that, don't regret that, it. <laughs> that reminds me. That reminds me. I recently saw Pat Flynn, who's like this big internet guru guy. And I was at this conference and he was like right about to jump on stage and I saw people like running at him to take pictures with him. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I totally like chickened out. And that was definitely like one of my regrets. I was like, oh man, like I should have just like ran in there and took a picture with him. And now, now I don't get to see him in person like ever again, unless like I try to seek him out. But I totally know what you mean. That's definitely a a recent regret of mine. (laughs) Exactly. And you just be like, dang, I mean, what's the worst? And I tell my husband this and beat my friends even this too like hey what's the worst they can say is no just Mm -hmm. do it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I didn't do it and I I, my question was like him as a Japanese of descent and a chef do you feel like you have to Americanize your dishes Mm -hmm. and I was going to say like me as a Filipino descent now I'm a chef here in America Sometimes I feel like I need to Americanize some stuff. Like my perfect example, like in Denver, make it gluten-free or make it vegetarian just to cater to Americans. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's like, I feel like that was a really great question. And now it's like, now I never have that chance again with him. You know what Mm. I mean? And he's like this great iron chef. And now I won't ever get that chance. And it's like such a big regret of mine. 
Mm. So <laughs> now I'm like, ugh. Man. Well, thank you for sharing <laughs> that. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. we should, I, I feel like I don't want to end on like a sad note. <laughs> oh no, no, it's so great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just do it. Just do it. Just do know? it. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. If you're scared, just do it because what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like my husband's philosophy. He's always about ask for forgiveness rather than permission. And uh, yeah, it, yeah. it amazes me how how far he can get with things before <laughs> he gets in trouble. Like, no joke, just a couple of days ago, like our water got shut off because we didn't realize that there was this bill, this extra bill. We we didn't know there was an extra bill that we had to pay for. And he we were like behind on it for six months, apparently. But like, we didn't know. And it was like, okay, well, let's just fix it. You know, 24 hours later, it was already fixed. But I guess it's kind of like, oh, whoops, that happened. All right, well, you know, exactly. there you go. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's like, I feel like I could have a better example than that. But yeah, where there's definitely been a lot of situations where like, like normally I would call ahead of time and see if I'm allowed to do that. But then my husband would just like, walk right in and then they'll just deal with him anyway. Cause it's like, oh, you're already here. So Exactly. Um, yeah. So just do it. Ask for forgiveness rather than permission and yeah. just, just do anything that, uh, try anything that scares you. So Indeed. awesome. I like that. I like that. Ask for, per, ask for forgiveness versus permission. Yeah. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> you could always, you could always plead. You could almost always plead ignorance as well. You could always say, Oh, I didn't know. Like we live, exactly. um, we live next to a dog beach. And then we were, we were told by the locals that uh, so during the summer, your dog isn't isn't allowed to be on the beach during certain hours because it's it's a lot of people. But we were told that if you were ever on the beach during the day to just uh, tell the police if they pull you over with your dog, I guess, you would just say, oh, but first they would ask you, like, are you like, are you a local? You just say no. And then they'll usually like let you go. And and so like. I mean, not that we ever like broke the rule like during the summertime, but could have easily just brought our dog onto the beach during the summertime and then just have asked for forgiveness because we didn't know about the rule. So mm-hmm. anyway, that was, I feel like I could have had another example for that, but that's the first thing that came to yeah. mind because I was like looking at the yeah. sunset right now. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'm trying to think of one. Nani, do you have any examples of like doing it scared or not doing it scared? Uh, actually, shout out to Marianne Clark because that's the title of her episode, Do It Scared. I think she was episode yeah. three. I'll have to come back to that and make sure that was the proper one. But all right. Well, ladies, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with both of you. Uh, Kathy, I want to thank you so much for your time. And Nani, I want to thank you for co-hosting as always. And of course, oh, last thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kathy, for anyone that is interested in learning more about you and if they happen to be near your area in Chicago, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. So I guess my biggest platform right now is Instagram. So check me out on Instagram. My handle is at Taste of the Philippines or or just look uh, for Kathy Vega Hardy and I'll be there. And Kathy spelled with a K. So and then my all my info's in there, my website, my my that's actually my cell phone number on mm. there. So you guys can shoot me a text, DM, email, I'm available to everyone. So oh, yeah. wow. That's very nice of <laughs> that's very nice of you to provide your number like that. <laughs> exactly. Well the business started in Denver. I didn't know how it was gonna be. So I'm like 
I'll just do my cell phone. No, I don't know how big this is going to get. And then I'm kind of like kicking myself like, man, I wish I had a different line. But now it's yeah. like everyone has this number. I'm kind of scared to change it. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to have to if or and when I open a restaurant. So I have to have some kind of landline or something. So, yeah, but I'll definitely have this forever. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there you have it, listeners. If you did not catch that, don't worry. You know how generous I am. I always include it in the show notes. So with that said, thank you, everyone. It's been such a pleasure. And we look forward to speaking with you next time. See you at the next episode. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. 